0: All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? What the fuck? Fuck. Wow. What? I hit a what the fuck wall. Okay. That's it then, I guess. I that that. My brain said no. I don't know what's happening. I do. I do know that Dak Shepard is on the show. I do know that Dak Shepard is in the movie. This is where I leave you with Tina Fey and Jason Bateman. That opens uh, this Friday. We did this. uh, This conversation while back had a good time. Great guy. Been through some shit. Enjoy talking to him. Hope you enjoy listening to it. What else is happening? What, I just have that weird feeling in my chest like something isn't finished. There's unfinished business in life. There's a, a void. Is it sadness? Is it loneliness? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, I, usually it goes away. I Look, I'll be honest with you folks. I'm as tired as you are of hearing myself go on about the same shit over and over again. I'm not. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm tired of it i got nothing to complain about. It must be a mental thing. It must be an emotional thing. I seem to be incapable of maintaining a relationship with another person. Pow, look out. Just shit my pants. Just JustCoffee.coop. Available at WTF pod. I seem to uh, have become cynical about relationships. I seem a bit angry uh, at uh, the idea of them. But what are you going to do? I've been doing these oddball shows, and I got to be honest with you between me and you, as interesting and as exciting as it is to do comedy for, you know, 15,000, 20,000 people, it's uh, not satisfying. It's, it, there's this feeling like uh, I, gotta, I can do this. I'm going to pick the jokes, I'm going to focus on them, I'm going to get punt, punchline efficiency. I just want each one to hit, and then I want to get the fuck out of there. I want to leave before the traffic starts. It's making me feel a little weird and a little empty, actually. They're great shows, and I think for fans, they're great to see all these comics that are on the shows. They're fun, but I've spent so long trying to, you know, kind of pull it in and be open as, as open as possible. And it's very hard to be as open as possible in front of 15,000 people. And then I start judging myself. I start thinking, like, you know, I watched Gaffigan the other night, and you know, I go way back with Jim. And, uh, you know, I know him for years and I watched him at oddball and it was a, he was spectacular, probably, probably the best comic working in terms of straight up craft efficiency work ethic. I mean, he just does what he does. He's clean. His punchline efficiency is monumental. And I, I, I hadn't watched him in a long time and I was just watching him going like, Oh fuck man, I got work to do. And just watch the craft. I mean, this is one of the only guys, you know, me and Louie and Sarah and, uh, you know, Hannibal. Every, a lot of people are on these shows. But Jim Gaffigan is one of the biggest comics in the country. He's earned it. He's a family act. Uh, but the thing is, he's out there almost every night performing comedy for a fucking living. And, and his skill set is just awesome. I, it, was, and it, was, it was just monumental. And, and it made me feel shitty. Not like I didn't feel bad about myself. I didn't feel like I was bad. I didn't feel like uh, I didn't like Jim. But it just was this ongoing thing I have where it's like, I got to fucking work harder at stand-up. I mean, what the fuck is wrong with me? I mean, I can get away with an awful lot uh, by, you know, by talking and being intimate and, and and just being, you know, impulsively funny when I do stand-up. But he's got it all in place. You know, watching Jim work recently was just just spectacular. Just to, to see a guy that sharp in his craft is it's just awesome you just don't see it that often i'm not saying other people are bad but he's one of the few guys that do that sort of joke per minute you know every 30 second kind of comedy and make it you know and make it smooth and make it just uh seem like effortless it was inspirational to me as a comic to watch my pal jim gaffigan perform in front of fifteen thousand people it was also uh inspirational to me for uh, for doing that and not losing my mind and uh, cuz you know it, there's there's part of me that it, i don't know if i can really explain this but i think i've probably explained it before like i'm really battling with the idea of like if i go up like i could there's moments where i'm i'm on stage at oddball and that's for fifteen thousand, twenty thousand people and i'm on the the big screens up there whatever they're called and uh, i'm like i i could just Sit here and not do anything. I could make it completely weird and completely awkward, and maybe even cry in front of fifteen thousand people. Like there, there's something that is so I feel the vulnerability of it, the pressure of it. I would have lost my mind if I had to do a show that big uh, when I was younger. I, I, I guess it's one of those things where I should just appreciate the progress and be thrilled because I've been killing, man. I mean, I killed last night. It was fine. It's only fifteen minutes, but. I don't know, there's something There's something not sitting right with me, man. And uh, I got to work it out. That's why I hope these Trippany shows work out. I'll tell you, man. I was talking to Jim Gaffigan. He's got five kids. He doesn't wallow around in pools of his own bullshit in his head. Where's the time? That's one advantage of having a family. It's less about you out of necessity. But don't kid yourselves. People with kids can be plenty self-centered, too. And you know what? They'll make children that turn out to be like me. All right, let's talk to Dak Shepard. <laughs>
1: Oh, what do you, do you know anything about me? Did you have to look me up today and find out that I'm an actor? And
0: no, stuff? I happen to be the biggest <laughs> Dax <Fett> Shepard fan <laughs> and in the that. That country.
1: You're, well, you're a bonafide, a punk rock, hardcore, uh, street cred comedian. And I was on punk or I was only in the Groundlings or I, this. I walk in with all these things
0: that think, be honest oh, with you, you might. I'll be honest I, with you. Yeah. I don't First time I saw you yeah. was in Idiocracy. Oh, then you probably like me. That's right. And I I had no idea who the hell that guy was. Mm -hmm. And I thought that guy just acted the fuck out of that. Oh, thank you. Then you think he might be retarded? No, (laughs) because but I'd never seen you as as a comedic actor. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy out of nowhere? Right. This funny motherfucker just does this thing.
1: That makes me very happy.
0: That's and that's where I saw you. And that was quite frankly the last thing I saw you. I
1: I don't (laughs) doubt it. Um, if, if I got to pick one thing you only saw me and that would probably be it.
0: But I know, I know we have common friends and I know you were hilarious. And then I, I heard there was some trouble in your life mm-hmm. and I heard that, you know, you fought the good fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know Continue you're married, to. married to a hot girl mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. I think is funny.
1: Yes. I like her. Her hotness is like fourth on the list, but yes.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a diplomatic thing for you to say. As no, no, husband. it's a legit thing to say. And, uh, you've always been pleasant to me. I met you, I believe in the dressing room with the UCB uh-huh. with Tom Arnold. And at that time I was like, what's going on there Uh uh-huh i think oh we
1: were probably doing uh yeah doug benson's it might have been it might have
0: been yeah and i met you at uh in bonnaroo with doug Uh uh-huh but and i was sort of curious as to but that is that really where you started in tv was on punked
1: yeah well i started at the groundlings in 96.
0: okay let's but let's just say how did the world see yes the
1: world met me on punk the first season of with ashton exactly
0: And And you and Ashton were buddies.
1: We were not buddies. I auditioned like most of the improvers in the city. I'd gone in to audition for this show, and I had like 26 callbacks. And finally, after four months of auditioning, I got the show. And then on the pilot, I I became friends with him. And then when we got home from the pilot, he really was, uh, he did me a solid. He took me to his agency and said, this guy's really talented. You have to sign him. It's the
0: second time I've heard Ashton Kutcher do a nice thing in a week.
1: Oh, really? Who he was bought the first? Uh,
0: Judy Greer's dad a Harley Davidson because he said he would if the if they if their show got picked up. Uh-huh. And the show got picked up, but it didn't go. Uh-huh. But he still bought her dad a Harley.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, um That's not a bad guy. No, it's not. I think a lot of people hate him because he's gorgeous, and it seems like he he got where he was at from being gorgeous. And that's where, annoying to people. But where is he, really? Well, he's got a shitload of money, I'll tell you that.
0: But is that what it's all about, Dax? Well, it's you could
1: as you get money, you come to find out it's not what it's all about. But until you get it, yes, that's what it's all about.
0: Yeah, I'd like to get the kind of money to realize that it's not about money. You know, honestly. Well, no,
1: the bar keeps moving. I had an idea of what X amount of dollars would feel what like. What was that
0: number, Dex? <laughs> uh, let's
1: say 000, 000. a million dollars. million dollars. I thought, oh my God, if I had a million dollars. My my fantasy of what having a million dollars was, was like I wouldn't have to brush my teeth or watch what It's an I outdated
0: ate. idea of what a million dollars is.
1: It was it was extremely <laughs> outdated. And... Um, <laughs> Side note: I watch a lot of these like kind of sports biographies of people, like uh-huh. Thirty for Thirties, yeah. And I'm constantly shocked by like those contracts people signed in the day, like yeah. in '84, that seemed unbelievable. Like he's getting 1.6 million, and now the, I'm like, that fuck, that guy's still alive. That's not shit now. Like,
0: wonder what he's up to. It, that it guy. changes
1: so quick. But at any rate. Yeah, so you it, you it was a break, like yeah. all my fantasies and expectations. Uh, it was it was a bit of a letdown to realize I still had to do all the the business of being a normal human yeah. being. I, it didn't get me out of. Well, it got me out of some things. I don't care about um, gas prices all that much, and I order pizza with reckless abandon. But yeah,
0: you'll throw down for dinner, maybe. I
1: do. I buy every yeah. all my friends' dinner. Um, That's. And,
0: I think I like. I'm at a point where. I don't have a wife. I don't have children. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've saved a little money. I'll mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and buy dinner.
1: Yeah, isn't it nice? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's for me. It's particularly nice because I I um, that punk job came ten years after I moved to L A. So I had been auditioning for tampon commercials and diarrhea medication and just not booking. Was that anything. Were, you,
0: were you a niche uh, performer? <laughs> yeah. I think I was. Yeah, I, and I have tampon a and diarrhea commercials.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. was. <laughs> I, I knew how to I knew a lot about both those topics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I did fall into the niche bracket of commercial auditioning, which was I wasn't goofy enough to book anything and I wasn't handsome enough to book anything. Nice. I was just in this terrible marginalized. Yeah, I was very, very So the,
0: where the hell do you come from? How do I see like how do I not like I, I was a little too old for Punk'd when you were on it, but sure. I appreciate the the, the mindset of it. I, I don't enjoy pranks. No, I think me neither. They're, they're all mean, uh-huh. and and uh, I don't like them happening to me, I, I don't like being part of them. But I'm not gonna judge you for that. Thank you, because it know,
1: was, for me, just an acting job. Sure, but um, you're a very
0: talented, funny guy. Where did this start, what, what where did you come out of the uh, vagina screaming covered in blood?
1: Uh, well, I'm from Michigan, I'm from a suburb of Detroit.
0: What suburb are you from?
1: Oh man, I lived in like seven of them, but I would say primarily this um, Milford, which was hillbilly paradise within- Really? Yeah, yeah.
0: Detroit hillbillies.
1: Yes. But you- Probably Hill- the worst version of white trash you can get.
0: How How old are you now?
1: 39.
0: Oh, so you're, you're a youngster. You're a you young You think man. so? I'm 50. You're not that young, but you're getting- no, no, I'm not
1: really not that young. You're not
0: a kid, but you, know, no. you, you look good. You're, yeah, you're- thank you. But uh, Detroit was a great city. Do you remember it as a great city?
1: You know, no. I, it was not a great city, but I liked it a lot. Yeah. But but it, it looked like shit, and we knew it looked like shit. We would go to Toronto occasionally because it's right. a three-hour drive. Yeah, uh, Single mother would take us three kids to Toronto. Single and, mother. Yes. And we would- think oh my
0: god it's like detroit but it's clean and the windows aren't broken oh you ever go to niagara falls and go to the canadian side you're like oh my god (laughs) yes exactly like you you go to the canadian side and you can look over the water (laughs) at the end of the world Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you sit down Uh uh-huh it's just it's so sad Uh uh-huh yeah so what where
1: was your dad um, my dad, at, when I was three, they got divorced. Oh. He was a car salesman who was also an addict. He drove a Red Corvette and did tons of blow and, and banged young girls. Corvette
0: and, blow, young girl guy. Uh
1: huh. He would take us, our weekends with him were spent at a bar called the Dirty Duck in Walled Lake, Michigan. And we would go in the winter, and he would drive up there in his Corvette. My brother and I would share one seat, the passenger seat. It's not a family car. And we would go inside, and he would, from 10 a.m. till midnight, he would just work the broads at the bar with his two kids. We'd play Pac-Man and eat chili dogs. And then invariably, it would snow while we were in there because it's Michigan. And then we would drive home with him in a blackout through six inches of fresh powder in a Corvette with some dingbat (laughs) following us who would also invariably get thrown into a ditch and we'd be on the side of the road. i mean it was a fucking circus <laughs> these weekends with him
0: oh my and god and then
1: sunday he'd like you know he'd, he'd he'd have some come to jesus moments and oh really? cry a little bit i mean it was Apology. it was it was, yes, it, was a, it was something else but the upside did I he do say. blow in front of you not that i know of oh. no i don't think so um but but the upside was is so I had a mother who was a, a janitor on midnight shift at GM, supporting three kids on her own, and then I had this swing and dick car salesman dad. So uh, when we go to his house, we had we got to order pizza. He had a vet. He yeah. had a VCR. He had on TV. Strange women were there. Chicks everywhere. Uh, <laughs> so it it did help. Let, you
0: know. It was the silver lining. The the silver lining was you got to eat
1: Oreos there and drink uh, pop and do all that stuff.
0: Well, Dad needed a lot of approval. He he had a lot to prove.
1: He definitely bought his way out of a few pinches with us. Still alive? (laughs) No, he died last year. Oh really? Uh, Sorry to hear that. No, it's not. It's not a bad story. I mean, it's obviously bad because he died, but it's the good version of someone dying.
0: Oh really? Mm -hmm. Just dropped dead.
1: No, see, I think that's the bad version of oh. mine. This was August. He calls and says, this thing in my neck is cancer. Uh, I have small cell carcinoma. December, yeah. End of December, he's dead. So I had basically three straight months where I knew he was going to die. I got to be of service every... I, t- I took care of all the medical stuff and went through the whole thing with him. And it never got ugly. He kind of got over the finish line without all the gnarly stuff. Yeah. So all in all, it was as good as it, I think you can get.
0: Now, when you say, uh, and we had some shit to go through, you know. Well, that, I mean that's interesting to me. So, you have a lifetime. Well, what? Well, be, like, he got sober. I should add that. You know, he, he got sober, he sober. when I, yes,
1: when I was fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. He he went to treatment and then never relapsed. Well, it seems he to died me. thirty years sober or something. Oh, really? Yeah, twenty five years sober.
0: Okay. Well, let's let's. I think that we should come around to that. Okay, great. Because you in, want to
1: circle back to that.
0: Well, in my mind, the story is that, you know, you you grow up in this in this environment. Mm-hmm. Your mom's busting her hump to feed you and your mm-hmm. brother well you got brother and sister?
1: Yeah, older brother, younger sister.
0: And your dad's this Playboy mm-hmm. car salesman. Mm-hmm. I, I can only imagine. Pretty cheesy.
1: I bet you're you're I bet your you're, you're... Your imagination's exactly About what he right? was. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because what is it, the late 70s? He
1: wore Johnny Carson suits. He was balding. He was 300 pounds. He got tons of ass. 300 yeah, pounds. Yeah, he smoked... Uh, uh, um, uh, Vantage menthols. Vantage. Yeah, 100s. Rough. 100s. Rough. <laughs> Rough cigarette. He ate like a maniac and he, you know, he was everything you would imagine. He had a huge personality. He uh-huh. fought a lot of guys. Oh, uh, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: sometimes in the bar. Even in
1: be... sobriety, he got into regular shoving matches at Costco. When I would come visit, he would pick fights at the gas station. Chip so on he... his
0: shoulder. A little embarrassing.
1: Yes. Felt very much like everyone was attacking.
0: Scary him. guy in a yep. way. Yep, yep. So all right, no so you slouch. grow up in this environment. When do you start getting interested in acting?
1: You know, I wasn't interested in acting per se. Um, I always hear uh, actors in interviews say like they knew they wanted to be an actor at twelve in Minnesota or I, I just don't get that. I had never met an actor. I don't know yeah. why you would have thought you could be an actor. That's but like, fucking preposterous. Mo- no, but movie
0: star is not an, that would be um, like I'm
1: going to assemble the the Great Wall of China. That's but, not what
0: happens in Detroit. But it's not an unusual fantasy for people to want to be an actor.
1: I guess, you know, you're right. I, I do think my wife, who also grew up in Michigan, she somehow had a sense of that. But I knew I was funny. I got in trouble a lot in school. Um, I was the class clown every year. Were you partying? No, I wasn't because I was so, I didn't start really going for it until 18. I had right. one year in, in, in high school where I experimented and then the cops immediately got involved. My mom said, you cannot do this. And I honored her wishes for one year. Then I graduated. What then, how,
0: What'd you get busted for?
1: Oh my God! We—I wonder what the statute of limitations are. Um, We—it's over. It's over. Yeah, yeah I can tell the story. Uh, we, I
0: had—I've had a situation on the show where I had to take something out because we weren't sure there was a statute of limitations. Behind. I think at this point they would be as tickled that. It, uh, that it was you? Yeah, maybe. I like that thing <laughs> so, because no
1: one got killed or anything. Let's give it a try. I was in 11th grade, and uh, I went to a graduation party with two friends that were seniors, a guy and a girl that were boyfriend-girlfriend. Yeah. We were coming home down a dirt road. We passed this dude's house, and the and the girlfriend of my friend said, you know, he date-raped me, that guy. And we said, we will administer justice now. And our version of that was, we were going to give him a lawn job. And um, we this went is, to give him a lawn job, but we were in my Mustang, and I... What does that
0: mean? You go on the lawn with the car, and you... You just fucking tear peel, everything yeah, yeah. to shit. Yeah, they lawn wake ya. up in the morning, it looks like a right. ditch
1: witch went through there. So, this uh, is a guy's
0: parents' house, so basically.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And again, at 16, you don't realize you're not hurting the yeah, kid. Yeah. You're yeah. hurting the dad yeah. who's yeah. going to deal with it. Anyways... Um, we pull into the driveway. Well, they have a big gate, so uh, my friends like just bump, bump it, and see if you know it. You, you can. Oh, take you it guys down. had been
0: fucked. We're up. hammered. I yeah. mean, we're we're when on the bump, verge of blacking. When up. you're bumping gates,
1: absolutely <laughs> in your car, which <laughs> yeah. I worked hard to get. In it, was, it wasn't bought for me. I bought this car. It was a I Mustang. A yeah, Mustang GT. I was super into drag racing, and I, this car was my pride and joy. What so year? That's how what tra- year was that Eighty four GT. This was in ninety two.
0: Okay, fast car.
1: It was a very fast car. And I am, for some reason, on her word, ramming this gate with my car. Well, I don't do anything to this gate. so right. we we go back to my friend's house. Are which they is home? a mile down the road. Yes, they're home. It's like Friday night <laughs> at one and two in the morning. So we go to my buddy's house, which is a mi- half mile down
0: the dirt everyone road. everyone knows this car, I'm sure
1: everyone certainly knows this car. Yeah, we're not even to the meat of this fucking okay. story, which is, We get to his house. He has a monster truck. He has a jacked up mud bogging. I told you, I lived in hillbilly heaven. 44 inch mudder tires, big fucking bumpers. Yeah. He goes, in the truck. We're going back. I'm like, (laughs) yeah.
0: Committed to the plan. We get in the truck.
1: The (laughs) girlfriend, him driving, now me in the passenger seat. We go back. Well, what we don't anticipate is that all my ramming of the gate woke the whole family up. Sure. So he's approaching the gate and I tell him, don't just give it a nudge don't go fall guy and as i'm saying this he's full throttle we ram through this gate come flying down the driveway the dad's in the driveway with the flashlight he dives out of the way the whole family's on the porch he proceeds to give this crazy lawn job almost hits the dad so he's spinning around on the yard kicking mud everywhere driving through flower beds i mean ruining this house (laughs) yeah and um, <laughs> God damn it! Telling this story makes me think I owe like a financial. Mike, every time I tell a story, this ends yeah. up this way. It just happened yesterday. Anyways, so um, we, all's going fine. It's a successful lawn job. We're leaving the driveway. It's a pretty long <laughs> driveway. It was
0: witnessed.
1: <laughs> it was witnessed. But hold on, we're not in trouble yet. Um, because we came up the driveway with such speed that the, da- the dad jumped out of the way. He never could have gotten a license plate. The other folks on the porch, it's 2 in the morning. It's pitch blackout. They wouldn't have got shit. We're coming back down the driveway, and the, the gate that he hit is now bent towards us. And as we cross that gate, it gets hung up on the back wheel and gets ensnared around the axle. And we come to a grinding stop. And now the dad's on his feet with the flashlight and he's running towards the truck. And now my friend is putting in reverse and drive, reverse and... And I'm like, we are fucked. The dad is going to be opening this door in a second. And by some miracle, he got traction and we ripped this whole fucking gate out of the ground and drug it down the dirt road. (laughs) And half a mile down the dirt road, the gate ripped off, just left in the road. We went back to his house and we said... Holy shit, what is our story? Yeah. So the story we concocted was... Someone stole the truck. We were smart enough to know that yeah. the more people that are telling the story, the better the odds that we're going to get caught. So let's let's eliminate some angles. So you had to kill the girl. We killed the girl. <laughs> <laughs> we backed over her with the truck. <laughs> yeah. No, we took me out of the equation. What we said was, we all went to a graduation party. I passed out cold, and they drove me home in my car... And then the girlfriend picked up her car, and then the car pulled back to her house. He's never been home that night. So we proceed with this story. They drop me off at home. Next morning, this is too involved, but my mom's actually having a work function function at our house. There's about 20 of her employees the out The next front. morning. Yeah. The next morning, and the police come at 7 a.m. to talk to me. Um, they- ha- They bought our story. Our story was someone joyrided his truck. I leave the keys in it. And I don't know that they bought it as much as maybe they just thought they couldn't prosecute us. Right. And we held strong to this story that I don't remember one thing. So my mom's story, I was so dedicated to this lie that I even had to tell her, mom, I don't remember what happened last night. I went to this party and I passed out in the backseat of my car. And she's like, you're at a stage where you're passing out in the backseat of your car already and the cops are showing up. You cannot do this. You're done. Your experiment with this is over. You are your dad. We know this now. <laughs> and you can't drink again. And um, I honored that. That was like end of 11th grade when you would graduate from school. And what then happened I, with the truck? And then, so the, the truck was the whole it's bed done? of the truck. No, but was
0: it's done. That to- was it? Yes,
1: we all got off. scot free.
0: Huh. It's funny. The other story that was told on this podcast that I had to remove because I don't think there is a statute of limitations on a felony was, uh, you know, was driven by uh, a girl who said that, you know, so, something had, happened, uh, some some, something bad. Yeah, right. Right. That, and uh, add
1: in you're drunk and you're a young man and you're trying to prove how sure, brilliant you are. I, you know, I love it. It's not a leap for that, that situation. To happen. So that was enough to get you sober. That got me sober for one year. And I intended to stay sober, but. Um, so you were a crazy car guy. I was, yes.
0: Could you take apart an engine?
1: Yes, that Mustang, I had rebuilt the engine.
0: So you know how to do that?
1: I do, yep.
0: Where'd you learn um, how to do that?
1: Um, I. Um, that seems
0: like a Detroit thing. You should know how to take apart an engine if you live in Detroit and your mom works at GM.
1: You really ought to. Like <laughs> You should <laughs> yeah. be able to rope a, a fucking horse if you're from Kentucky. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, I just kind of slowly started um, tinkering with stuff. So like, oh, oh, I'm going to change the carburetor. I think I can do that because I'm looking at it and there's only four bolts and I see that there's three hoses and the fuel line. So if I label this all... I, I could do anything that I was, I could take apart and and then I could put something back. You just together. improvised
0: it, 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 it? You didn't get a book or nothing?
1: No. But when it came to the full engine rebuild, yeah. my a good buddy of mine who I drag raced with, his neighbor was this older guy who like, loved helping out the kids and he was super into cars. And that took place in his garage. So he actually taught me how to like torque you know, the, the mains and everything, all the important things uh-huh. inside the engine, you other think, than just visually looking at it. And you think you way. could do
0: it again? Yes. Yeah, I could. It's not
1: it's not that complicated.
0: But aren't cars more complicated now?
1: Yeah, they absolutely are. I could do nothing with the computer or fuel management system on a, a car, but I could take the pistons out or right. put a new Don't you miss the time in. when
0: cars were simple?
1: Yeah, well, I own a few that they're, they're simple. What do you got? I have a 67 Lincoln Continental that I made a whole movie about called uh-huh. Hit and Run.
0: Oh, that's right. That was your movie. You directed it and wrote it, and your wife was in it, right? Yeah.
1: And then my cars were in it. It's my um like uh, love. How'd that love do? Story. I
0: remember seeing the trailers for that.
1: It well it depends how you measurement uh, measurement it. Not with money. Yeah. <laughs> it was a million dollar movie that made fourteen million. That's good.
0: How much so of that did that, you get?
1: Nothing. Uh, no. Less than I would have if I would have.
0: But you made your money back.
1: I made my money back. I made money for the people who invested, which was really important to me. I got to make this movie that was just me uh, living out my smoking the bandit fantasy. Uh Um, It was my wife in it and all my best friends. And I jumped cars and shit. Uh, You know, it was uh, was the best. You did the stunts? Yes, I did 100% of the stunts. I race off-road cars as well. So I have this silly off-road car. My wife and I jumped other cars. She was in the car as well, Kristen.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So she's in for that. She's down for it, yeah. yeah. Ride or die. Yeah? Uh-huh. That's she, your thing?
1: Not out of, um, she's not an adrenaline junkie like me. She yeah. uh, she could give a shit is what it is. You know, yeah. she just, I don't even know that she evaluates how well, dangerous if you both, if, things if Well,
0: if, if you're going to go, you might as well be together.
1: I, no. Honestly, that was her pitch to me. I was going to do the jump without her and have a, I hired her, her stunt double to come in that day. Yeah. She goes, why is my stunt double here? And I go, well, I don't think you should be in the car when we jump the other cars. She goes, why? If 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 you're a, a paraplegic, you think I want to push you around in a wheelchair? If we're we're both getting spinal cord injuries, so we both get pushed around. If that's going to happen, and I'm like, all right, I, that's a solid
0: argument. I don't even know if that's optimism around not thinking you're going to die. Is it op- more optimistic to think we're both going to be quadriplegics as opposed to dead? I have
1: to tell you one thing, though, that I, I actually, is is the one thing I wanted to tell you, weirdly, is um, th- before I did this stunt, because not only did we jump other cars, but we drove through a barn door. So, yeah. so we actually broke through a barn door, and directly on the other side was this jump. So uh, there's a huge light difference between the dark barn and then the bright outside day. So you're going to break through wood, and then your eyes are going to try to adjust, and then you've got to hit this little ramp, and then you're going to jump other cars. And just prior to that...
0: Did you have a coach on, on set that knows how to do this shit?
1: Um, you know, I was supposed to know how to do this shit. But yes, I had a stunt <laughs> coordinator who <laughs> knew about ramps. I basically... I didn't have ramp knowledge, yeah, but okay. they had ramp knowledge. But Thank ultimately, you. just jump. You yeah. know, I had jumped the fucker before, so but right before this, the 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 take yeah. uh, where we do the stunt uh, my stunt coordinator leans in he goes how are you feeling uh you know are you nervous and i go no i'm not i feel pretty good he goes really out of 10 and i go well, let's establish what 10 is yeah i said if if 10 is going on stage to do stand up yeah i feel like i'm at a 5 right now <laughs> and that's the god's truth that for me jumping cars after yeah. Bursting through a barn door is right. half as scary as doing stand up.
0: It's also like probably a fraction of the time it would take to do stand up. I mean, once well, you. Well, it's considerably yeah. shorter. Right. Than once doing you get the car st- going, yeah. you know, you got one bit. Yeah. You got to do one bit. Yes. And it's life or death, but you got to do one bit. I understand. It's like the that. first
1: time fucking was this yeah, car yeah. stunt. <laughs> <We did. laughs> what the? Oh, yes. Yeah, we, we landed. Yeah. Boom. All within 20 well, no, if it was
0: like the first time, you probably wouldn't have made it to the ramp. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The like car would have ran out of gas it going up the ramp. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's just like, oh, I'm done.
1: Oh man! So that's exciting. I'll never forget the first time I I did have sex. I was so young, and how young? I, uh, really young, seventh grade. And I, I I I was wearing a condom.
0: Really good for you.
1: Yeah. Um, I can't say that 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 pattern <laughs> um,
0: continued. Yeah. Continued. They're horrible. They're yeah. They're
1: yeah. Anyways, uh, I I finished. You know, uh, in a very short period of time, sure. with the condom, with the condom on. So, but she doesn't know that I've finished, and I'm so young that I'm nice. my, I'm staying erect. Yeah, keep and, going, and I just keep going. But I'm now I'm confused, and I'm a little bored, <laughs> and I don't know what the protocol is. Should what, I just what's keep doing to this
0: exactly? You don't know what they're supposed I, to do. I'll, I'll never see?
1: forget the like three minutes they get, of post.
0: Do, they do a timeout? You know, it's <laughs> yes. <like you're> done. <laughs> you made it, and there was no
1: internet for me to look this up. Yeah, I just was like, God. God, am I supposed, how long do I do yeah, this yeah, for? Yeah. I, I hate this. Well, as you get older, you realize that it's done. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, it. luckily your penis quickly makes yeah, that yeah. decision for you. We're as you good, age. Yeah. we're
0: good. I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> I'll finish. I like that you keep you, you keep the uh, the cars in your life. That's like the most important thing. That's the one thing in your life that stayed steady.
1: Well, yeah, all this acting business, where it really was a, is a means to an end to buy cars and, and do all my car stuff. I mean, that's Do my you think main... that's true? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I mean, I love what I do. Don't get me wrong. It's awesome. But so, all I really want is, that, is all these car things I'm into. Last year, I raced for Lamborghini. I raced in the series that is all Lamborghinis.
0: Is that on a track?
1: Yes, on a racetrack. So and you race
0: real race cars?
1: Uh-huh. And I didn't know about this car. I'd never driven one. So Lamborghini lent me one for a week before the race. So I'd have some fucking clue about what I was about to drive, right? It's like a rocket. So they dropped this car off at um, 7 p.m., and they're unloading it, and i I'm like, I can't even believe this is happening, right? <laughs> and, and, and and Kristen's like, um, honey, honey, the baby's got a, you know, who was doing something. So you got we, a new well, I had to baby. Yeah, I had a new baby. Yeah. So I had to go in, and we had to deal with the baby, and then mm-hmm. it was, you know, clean the baby, put the baby yeah, down, yeah, all this baby stuff. Yeah. Then that finally ended, and then it was, honey, we've tivoed whatever fucking show we had to watch, right? Yeah. So Okay, the Lamborghini's just sitting in the driveway. <laughs> finally, we're laying on the couch. She nods off at about 11 30 right. and i and i sneak out from under her yeah we're you got a nanny we're, we're
0: canoodling who's it? yeah Who, who's watching the baby now baby's baby's asleep okay oh, fine. Yeah, so yeah, they're yeah, both it's out cold yeah okay. so
1: i'm gone yeah and i'm walking out of the living and she goes where are you going and i go honey there's been a fucking lamborghini here for five <laughs> hours and i haven't driven it well this is i gotta go and she's like okay okay <laughs> so at midnight i came up to angela's crest and just Went to town for like an hour and a half, <laughs> and I had the greatest moment on the way home. On what, is what do you mean, How go do you to town it?
0: like one sixty?
1: No, you can't really get up to one sixty. Up, there. there's not enough straightaways, but like one forty ish. Yeah. And so I'm on my way home, and you know what is it? Ver- How do you pronounce your road right here? Ver- Verdugo. Verdugo. Yeah. So I take Verdugo home, yeah. and I'm driving, and I can feel a car like speeding up and slowing down and speeding up and slowing. my like oh jeez it i look over it's uh two lapd guys yeah and they're speeding up slowing down and i'm like this is pretty funny yeah they, they want they- me to like race yeah i'm like <laughs> i feel like that's what they're asking me to do <laughs> that's and what I, that means and, is it and, <laughs> yes and, and i roll down the window and and i go i, I just look at them and then they say that thing as fast as your lincoln and I'm like, oh, they've seen hit and run. These dudes are down to fucking party. So then I do go ape shit and downshift it first, and I'm out of there. And then they get up to the next light, and they're like, that thing fucking moves. And I'm like, it had, to me. That's the Academy Award. Like that, I was in a position where cops were virtually high fiving me for hauling ass on the city. Where they goaded me into it's the middle
0: it. of the night, though, too. Yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. they knew it was cool.
1: They knew it was cool. Yeah, I'm not saying they were being irresponsible. (laughs) Can you imagine the bad version of that where I did, like, put a rabbit around a telephone pole and the the dashboard cam of them basically calling me a pussy if I don't floor it? And
0: then they got to take a ride around the block before they find you wrapped around the pole. (laughs) And they got... <laughs> and they're going to sit there and say like, "I'm glad you're okay." But gonna you know, you know whose re- st- who's story they're going to
1: believe, don't you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: They're going to try to reconstruct what happened. That's right. Based yeah. on the skid marks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So you graduate high school.
1: So I, I had a sense that I was I was funny, and I wanted to do stand up. And I had a couple friends that did stand up in Detroit, and but do I, I, know was just, I was them? I was no, they're not around. They're not around. Yeah. I was just too scared. And yeah. so I thought if I move all the way to California yeah. I,
0: I, that, you know, commitment will force me to, to do it. It's interesting that first time, you know, where you know, that the jump. Yeah. Between I want to do it and I'm going to do it.
1: And what's so weird is what was less scary to me it. was moving all the way across the country and living by myself did as, as opposed the, to just going up on stage in Detroit.
0: <laughs> You're, I, I got to get it. If I'm going to do this. I, if, I don't
1: want to sing a one human being to know me in an 80 mile. Did you, did you
0: take the Mustang out?
1: No, at that point, I had—I still own the Mustang, but I left it there. All I took with me was a motorcycle. I had a uh, a Suzuki six hundred. You rode GSX-R. a bike across country. I did not drive the bike across okay. country. It's too long and boring, but my family did car shows for General Motors, and we had all these traveling events that were at racetracks. I put the bike in a van.
0: What part of your family? My
1: mother, who started as a janitor at General Motors, ended up building this huge business by the time I was in high school. That's a great story. It's the greatest story ever. How did that happen? She was a janitor. Then she was in fleet uh, management at the proving grounds where they design all the cars in Milford, Michigan. And then that, then she started hosting these hospitality days for the family members of GM. And she did such a good job that when she got another job at an ad agency, they asked her to come back and still put on this show for them. And then they asked, "Do you want to do this show with all these car journalists?" She said yes. And then that turned into another job, another job. And then all of a sudden, we were. She had four shops around the country that managed their whole. Publicity fleet. She did these huge events for all the car magazine journalists who would huh. write stories about cars. And so my life from fourteen to twenty eight, I worked for her and just was on the road, like going from racetrack to racetrack and, and driving cars, driving cars, mostly washing cars. But yes, I did get to do a. <laughs> you lived good around deal. cars. I lived around cars. uh Yeah, I even had a stepdad at one point that was the was an engineer on the Corvette. Really? Yes. How long did he was he around? He was in the picture for about two and a half years, I think.
0: That's okay, run, huh?
1: For her, pretty good. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and what did you learn from that guy?
1: You know, he he uh, he was a uh, a real type A asshole, but I I did pick up a lot from him. One, he was crazy smart, and he really did instill in me this this w- weird thing that I still have, which is I had lost two retainers under his tutelage. Yeah. Um, and he said to me. He used to regularly stop me and go, hey, right now, what are you doing? And I go, oh, I'm going to make a sandwich. He's like, okay, but are you thinking about eating the sandwich? Or are you thinking about opening the drawer and then grabbing the knife and then the getting the thing out? He goes, I want you in life to be thinking a few steps ahead of what you're doing. And he constantly call out to me, what are you doing? What, what are the steps? What? And it, it did kind of form this process by which i do i do think about things before i do them or before i said and i notice a
0: lot of people don't do that instead of thinking about eating the sandwich you start with you, the, the construction of the
1: sandwich, and maybe yeah, is huh. it a good sandwich to eat this time of day? I don't know. Just being conscious, really. Yeah, I, I, I
0: probably. Wonder. I and you had to throw all that out for idiocracy. It was good that he gave you that <laughs> that information because you knew what to remove. That's right
1: for that role. Yeah, I knew the null hypothesis of yeah. all my.
0: But nobody. I, I guess people either naturally think that way or they don't.
1: I didn't think that way, and he was a very methodical engineer, and he was crazy intelligent, and he did. Kind of help. My mom was the opposite. She was very artistic and just she did make things at once. And maybe she was trying to make a sandwich, but she ends up with spaghetti. Yeah, you know,
0: there there was no way that was going to work. Then fuck no. He tried to wrangle her, I guess, and she was a strong. She's a strong, strong. Yeah. So he he left, you know, just destroyed and
1: pummeled. He did. I think, and I think (laughs) it was a real wake up call to him too. I think a lot of people were shocked by like, wait a minute, she left me. What the (laughs) hell? Yeah, I'm telling you, man. But he was an improvement of the one before who was just really the worst. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. What was the that absolutely guy? Worst. That guy was a coke addict and got, Another physical, one. got physical with everyone and just a real sweetheart okay. of a guy. Really? Well, yeah. When she met him, he had two jobs. The day they got married, he quit both jobs. The only thing productive he did was bowl and yeah. he would occasionally be in arm wrestling tournaments. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: And he was- uh, he, what, he, he was would... violent and oh. terrible. Oh, yeah. Just a
1: terrible human being. And you were how old? I this is very key to the whole story. Uh he, he I was this started when I was five and ended when I was seven. Yeah. Or six to eight. Either yeah. five to seven or six to eight. Because yeah. my little sister, uh that's her dad. We have different dads. Oh really? So that's how I would measure So that she was time. married
0: to him. Oh yeah. Mhm. And he was a violent guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Physically was. abusive. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I s yeah, he's the root of a lot of my I think what else uh, what are my issues that stem from that well yeah what I will fight anybody I will fight absolutely anybody so he anybody. just beat the I will, shit. You, could, you could bring a guy in here that we would both look at each other and go this guy's gonna fucking destroy you and yeah. I go you're right but I'm, go- okay. I'm swinging <laughs> I'm <gonna laughs> I will I. no one will ever not
0: and it was because you know he saying? beat the shit out of you
1: he, not me, he, I saw him hit my mom before, oh, and I God. was young, and I, I couldn't do anything, and I felt very emasculated by that, and like I didn't, I was, I was like, uh, I thought I was her knight in shining armor, like I thought I would raise, rise to the occasion, yeah. and I was paralyzed by witnessing that.
0: And he wasn't sexually abusive? No. Oh, good. No just a fucking asshole yeah he was uh, too busy
1: fucking ripping we, lines if he could have got hard maybe he would have sexually abused somebody
0: well i mean i i think that's interesting that she goes from the from that from you know just another you know, one step worse than your old man uh-huh and then she and then she gets with the dude who's a complete control freak which is usually what alcoholics invent like the children of alcoholics uh-huh are control I, freaks yeah yeah uh-huh and uh and then she got one of those and uh-huh. he and, and she couldn't deal with that i can't imagine
1: and by the way it's all like um, She's still a around? different shade of gray like his weird type a control shit i think look we all know it's like you're you're treating some inside feelings with some outside stuff sure. so his his uh, way of trying to right. reg- regulate was, was through it? this regimented crazy world view he had so right. Um, I don't think it's much different. You're still living with someone who yeah, you're in their right. you're in their jet wash the whole that's, time.
0: They're jet wash, right? So from from the, from your dad and the first stepdad, you learned how to be a crazy, out of control ass kicker. Uh huh. And then from that guy, you learned how to make a sandwich and think it through. And
1: probably, look, he raced motorcycles. He explained an engine at some the Corvette point. To guy. Me. The Corvette guy. Yeah. I, again, I cannot put too much on point on how brilliant this guy was. He had like nine inventions while he was at GM. He invented a version of rack and pinion steering. I mean, he's a really, really crazy smart guy. Oh, that's great. Ran marathons and shit. Uh, Wow. Oh, my God, I got to tell you the best part about this whole thing. My mom hadn't seen him in forever, and she yeah. called me not too long ago, maybe five years ago, and she goes, well, I ran into blank yeah. at the airport. I go, no kidding. What was he doing? She said, he was on his way to a roller skating contest. And I go, what? <laughs> yeah, apparently he's in this competitive roller skating dance thing. What? Yes, what? What? This is a dude who rode, raced motorcycles and ran marathons. What and,
0: happened?
1: I don't know. Did he? Clip, come, come I don't out? think maybe since my mom left him, she drove him to this <laughs> roller skating pastime what a weird it's what you would pray happens to your ex if you don't like them like, <laughs> like I fucking hope they are <laughs> roller skating they're, and roll, dancing. they're forced to <laughs> dance on roller skates to get by without me alright
0: so alright so, right, so you leave Michigan on, I leave you Michigan take, you take your bike I drive here I, to do stand up right
1: I come all the way out here to do stand up and guess what right. I don't do stand up <laughs> I'm still afraid when I get here, <laughs> and I find out about the Groundlings, yeah. and, and and so I auditioned to start taking classes at the Groundlings with never acted in my life. wasn't in you know the high school theater. How'd you or know about the Groundlings? I had a friend who I had met in Santa Barbara who had done it, yeah. and and, and I, I, he was the one guy in LA I knew that was in comedy. Did you know Kareem El Safi? No, he, uh, to me he was fucking Jim Carrey right. for having. Right. And he said you should go to the groundlings. Like you're pretty quick witted and improv's probably a thing for you. So I went in an audition. It was the first time I'd ever acted was in that audition and then I got in and then I went through the levels as you do, which take years. And um also in the meantime I, I went to Santa Monica College and West LA College and then I transferred to UCLA. So I was going to UCLA and Groundlings studying at the same what? time. Anthropology. Where as, did that come from? I've always been really interested in in primates. Really? Mm-hmm. What and since I knew I wasn't gonna look, if I went to college, my mom would pay my rent. Yeah, so I didn't really have to major in something that was career oriented. I could just take what interested me. And I went to like a intro uh, to uh, anthropology class, and I saw dudes doing peyote and you know weird drugs yeah, down, yeah. and I was like, oh, uh, this is for me. Yeah. you're studying basically weirdness. Yeah, uh, and so I did that, and then I what'd I, you learn? I learned a ton. I, I really learned, um, I, I, I really processed the world th- through that lens, through yeah. the anthropological lens, which right. is in this country is a culturally relative approach uh, to just evaluating things.
0: Sure. I mean, like... So and you it's know, huge. It really had... E- the layers of history and evolution.
1: Well, what they do right out of the gates, in an intro to anthro class, if anyone's going to go to college, it's really worth taking. It's really fun to challenge yourself because they'll hit you right out of the gates with some things that yeah. seem so obvious. Right. Infanticide. Is infanticide right or wrong? Is yeah. there any uh, way that infanticide wouldn't be wrong? Well, let's look at this. And what they, what they basically teach you is that you can't learn anything... If you're in the judgment business, right. if your if your goal is to lay judgment on these people you're studying, you won't really learn anything about them. All you'll do is categorize them as something. Right. Okay, and right. So right. There's, there's nowhere to go. Yeah, you have to enter it with they're not good or bad. They're just this culture, and to learn everything about the culture, we just have to listen oh, and, and document. Right. We're not here to say whether it's right or right. wrong. Un- unbiased. Yes, and in and in doing objective, that, you actually find out that what they're doing isn't as crazy. Inhumane for as you their thought, particular for their culture, right? It, it, it came to be for a reason, and it, it served a point. Maybe they've passed that point, but it's not. They're not evil. There's, you know,
0: right necessity. So it, adaptation. It, it really
1: is a cool way to think of things in the process of the world, which is like just slow down, just listen. I'm more interested in what happens than I am about like this dude's a dick or she's right. evil or she's right. a bitch or he's an you know
0: asshole, whatever. And yeah. realize that infanticide in some situations is okay.
1: Well, weirdly, <laughs> it, you'll hear actors talk about this that are actually good actors that have yeah. studied. Th- you don't. You can't approach a, a character uh, saying they're good or bad. Like right. people, good, really good actors who play villains will tell you. Well, they weren't playing a villain.
0: They were playing a guy.
1: They're playing a guy. Yeah, who was doing bad shit. Yeah, you know, or whatever, uh, which is largely true. Yeah. Right. I made an observation about a good friend the other day, and she said, "You think I'm an asshole now?" And I said. I really don't. I think we all have a big old list of character defects. Sure. I happen to mention one of yours, but I don't think that makes you good or bad. I've right. got a zillion. Yeah. We, we all we're all we have a fucking right. little bag of crappy things we're trying to get rid of. But right. you're well, not that, bad.
0: Well, so that I, I I guess then because I speak the same language yeah. as you do that the the sort of anthropological foundation. On some level, had an effect on your sobriety. It did, yeah, because you know you were able to fill in some of the gaps, uh huh, and look at it's at, at something like character defects or like resentment or like. And uh, I was just open to the
1: culture of AA. Weirdly, right, right. like I wasn't threatened by. Um, Oh, I didn't walk into it going like they're a cult, and I wasn't afraid I get sucked into a cult. Just sure. like you could go study sub Saharan what African say. people, and I'm not going to necessarily believe in witchcraft right, afterwards. Right, right. I, I can submerge myself and feel very safe that I'm not going to lose myself.
0: Well, that's a, I think that's a fortitude of character that mm-hmm. you know that that's a blessing, uh-huh. that, and I think it comes from uh, driving fast.
1: I do too. <laughs> you got to learn to make, <laughs> you... but I will say the addiction in the driving fast is very related because yeah. I think. Um, being able to think calmly in mass chaos is like the best. Have you rolled is, is, is cars? The- uh, I have not thrown a car away. I have been in a very bad rollover, but I wasn't driving. Mm. And that was in high school. I was a kid. Kid fell asleep, and I was in the back seat. you both live? We both lived. He's okay? Shockingly. Uh, Yeah, he was fine, too. Uh, Rolled many, many times, ended up upside down, car flat. My first thought was, oh, my God, I'm going to be pulling him out of this car dead. There's no way he lived. I don't know how I lived. He was fine, too. We were both fine. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. In fact, I walked around for about a week after it going... Did I die? Hey, I-, you know, just- <laughs> <laughs> I have this weird theory that, like, when I do die, yeah. I'm like, oh, I died, and then you get to yeah. heaven. And they're like, oh, that's so cute. You think this is yeah. the first time you died? You died yeah. like 95 times. Oh, that's, that's not how it works. It's I- like lives in a video game, maybe. That just fucked my brain up. Because it could happen. Uh, who knows? All up- those situations. <laughs> like, I'm, you know, I'm admittedly saying I'm an ex addict, but I've had a couple of situations where I I, I, I went out on Friday. I came to, I thought it was, I thought, I, worst case scenario, it was Sunday. Yeah. It was fucking Tuesday. I looked at the, the box of pills I had and I looked at the this I had and I added all those things up and I said, a human can't live through all that. And it's all gone and I, no one came over. Yeah. And, and it's a terrifying it's thing, I'm good. saying now with a smile. Yeah. But at that time, you're like, you can't take all that stuff and, and still wake up. And yeah. I did. So probably I didn't.
0: Maybe well, on that time I didn't. Well, well, maybe, maybe you just know how to pace yourself, even when you're fucking not.
1: Even I'll never forget that time in particular I'm talking about. Just trying to reconstruct that that in uh, a
0: blackout that lasts almost almost a week.
1: It lasted like three days. Yeah, in my my ribs, my ribs in particular killed. I'm like, why are my ribs hurt so bad? Like yeah. I feel like someone hit me with a baseball bat hours and hours later, I go downstairs into my carport. My Harley is on its side. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I have this this (laughs) kind of memory of I was at one point going to go for a motorcycle ride. (laughs) I didn't make it out of my parking spot. I tipped it over, and it was a touring bike. It's 880 pounds with gas in it. And I tried to pick it up for hours (laughs) to the point where I pulled a rib out. And I just looked at that thing, and I just started crying (laughs) because I thought... Thank God I didn't get on that yeah. thing. Oh, thank my God it God. fell over. Oh, yes.
0: All right, so you go through groundlings.
1: Yeah, we go through groundlings. I get into the Sunday Company. I've now been in LA for over five years, probably. Yeah. Again, I'm auditioning for those tampon commercials. Yeah. It's a lot of competing companies. And then where's some- the,
0: where, where the drugs fit in, or that was until later.
1: No, that's that's I I, I I was I was very lonely when I moved to California. I, my first year was in Santa Barbara, weirdly, and that that year was very lonely. And that's where I really learned to drink by myself and yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. And then I came to L.A. and I started doing coke. I had a neighbor below me that smoked crack, and I smoked crack with him. And then yeah, they, they,
0: good to find your community. Absolutely,
1: <laughs> you, you know, and a yeah. sailor, a, sure. a fisherman, always spots another fisherman yeah. at sea. And, <laughs> yeah. Um. So I found people. Yeah. yeah. But I was you know pretty functional because I was still going. Going to college and getting good grades and stuff, but I, but my Thursdays through Sundays for years were just a real blurry mess. Running around Hollywood, doing running around thing. Hollywood, um, you know, failing as an actor pretty miserably for eight years, and it starting. All my friends from home are buying ski boats and fucking Kids houses and, with decks yeah. and stuff, yeah. and I am I am in the same one bedroom apartment in Santa Monica, smoking with the tipped with over your- with my Hawaiian neighbor who just got out of prison. <laughs> um, And uh, I ran that for years, for like a decade.
0: You're in the Sunday company, though. I was in the Sunday company. Who was in your crew?
1: Well, I'll tell you, I was in a comedy troupe while we went through the ground, like while we were all waiting for classes. Um, This was a pretty uh, neat moment for me, which was like two Academy Awards ago, or maybe three. Um, So my group was um, Melissa McCarthy, who was nominated for Bridesmaids, um Tate Taylor, who directed The Help that year, and that was nominated. Nat Faxon, who had written The Descendants that year, that was nominated. And um, there's someone else. And this is a group Jim of Rash? like... No. Jim Rash wasn't in that group, but I was very good friends with Jim. Yeah. But this was just a group of eight people that we would rent these theaters. No one would come. And I was like, fucking A, half of them are at the Academy Awards right now. And they're nominated. Oh, Octavia. Octavia Spencer also would do sketches in our group. Wow. And it was pretty mind-blowing. And although I'm not at the Academy Awards, I'm in a nice house watching oh. the Academy Awards, which is mind-blowing to me. So yeah. it was just
0: as That's a pretty amazing It, crew. it really
1: was. It was, it was both um, inspiring and also disillusioning. I was like, oh, all the previous Academy Awards I watched as a kid those people were just in comedy troops too. Like, there's nothing special it, going on. You just some. You eventually get there, I guess, if you keep pining away at no, it. No, you don't. No, well, you don't. Yeah,
0: but yeah, you can. He, I don't know. But I mean, so when did your first mm. break come? Okay,
1: so so Punked was my first break. I had not made a dollar acting. I had booked an AMP Industrial Buyout commercial that played in an AMPM gas station in the in the uh, TV in the corner, right. in, in which I played a hot dog as a harmonica, which was like the lowest point of my career. Yeah. And I was completely broke and then um, they were holding auditions for this show Punked. and um, the premise was you go fuck with people and you have to be good at improv and I thought I'm not afraid to get into some shit and I can improv. If I can't book this show they I honestly
0: you- need to reevaluate what I'm doing. Did they tell you you can't kick anyone's ass?
1: Um, they did. As Ashton and I became friends he said you know you can't if these guys if someone gets physical with you you're just going to have to kind of take it. Which weirdly enough so you didn't watch the show, but definitely the most famous bit ever on the show of all the years was the punking of Justin Timberlake, and it was um, what what got what what made it so viral. I guess was that he had cried at one point in it, and at the end of that bit, when Ashton comes out and you're you're on punked and blah 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 and everyone's celebrating.
0: <clears throat> so funny! It's basically candid camera.
1: It's all it's all it is. Yeah, but with celebrities, so it's yeah. not- Alan Funt was a genius. Yes. Yeah. Um, The bit's over. The cameras are off. And, and, and he keeps saying, uh, Timberlake, he's like, yeah, man, I was about to fucking punch you. I was like, mm-hmm. All right. Dude, I was for real, man. I was like, I was just about to fucking punch you out. And I was like, okay, that's number two. I'm thinking, how many times can I hear this dude in his golf <laughs> outfit? He's literally wearing a golf outfit. Yeah. Tell me he can punch me out yeah. before I'm just not going to be able to handle it. <laughs> and God bless Ashton, he goes... When were you going to punch him before or after you were crying? And I was like, oh, my God, thank God. I think he saw me starting to get in the red and was right. like, I got to let some steam off this. Yeah, but yeah. that was hard for me. Just He <laughs> he was saying it over and over again, and I just had to kind of take it. He
0: was just trying to make it. Now
1: up. it wouldn't be that hard for me. At that point, it was really hard for me. to. When have was the last time in.
0: you got in a fist fight?
1: Um... When Kristen and I were maybe a year into dating, so an actual hardcore fistfight on the street was like six years ago on Sunset. Over what? We were driving to a um, kind of a fancy dinner. I was dressed up, which I never am. We were driving down Sunset and right in front of Chateau Marmont, there's not a crosswalk there. Yeah. This dude starts crossing the road. He's got plenty of time. We all have plenty of time. And by the way, I applaud people who cross the road, not in a crosswalk. But when you do that, you got to get across the fucking road. (laughs) You're not in a crosswalk. Yeah. Um. He starts doing that thing as I'm getting closer where just he's mosey. deciding that I should be slowing down even though he's got plenty of room. Yeah. So now he's really taking his time and I'm not slowing down. And as I pass him, he steps onto the double yellow line and he throws a 30-inch, 30 30-inch, 30 a 30-ounce drink at my windshield. And it hits the windshield in a way that I think the windshield has exploded. Right.
0: Because of the ice.
1: Because of the ice, it makes a noise yeah. and, the ho- and I can't see, you know, yeah. the ho- everything yeah. is just, I thought the windshield broke. Yeah. And so I am pulling the emergency brake and exiting the car before it stopped. (laughs) And I'm running across Sunset. He is running away from me. He turns when we get to the sidewalk. There's that newsstand there. Do you know that newsstand? He turns. He dives for my legs like he's a grappler. I kick him in the face. He falls backwards. I get him in a headlock. I pick him up this is not a lie there's records in LAPD of for and
0: Kristen's this. watching this
1: she's watching it we've not been dating long <laughs> and as I have him in a headlock and I'm about to unleash yeah. he's screaming I'll fucking sue you I know who you are and I look at the newsstand and there's about six people who missed the whole throwing the shit at the car all they see is me right beating the shit out of a guy on the sidewalk it's very incriminating looking yeah and in that moment, I was like, "I need to get out of here right now."
0: Yeah, I dropped him. And you'd already done what? Punked or what? Where were you? No, you'd already. This done... is five years ago. I'm more. I'm on Parenthood. I'm on NBC. Oh, you're already doing it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like yeah.
1: done twenty movies, and yeah. I'm on network television. Yeah. Uh, and I get back in the car, and Kristen is very, very anti-violence. Yeah. Um, appropriately so, as everyone should be. Uh, this is a big theme in Hit and Run, by the way. So get back in the car. I'm expecting her to really give it to me. And she's such a good person. She knows now's not the time. <laughs> we're driving, driving, driving. It's just dead quiet. Yeah. And I go, I think I may have broke my calf. Because <laughs> I'm feeling like a huge egg come up on my calf. Yeah. And we got to the restaurant. I'm, c- I'm kind of limping into this. It was the Soho house before it was the Soho house. Right. It was like this one-time thing. They were making it that and i sit it we sit down at the table she goes away and i think she's going to the bathroom she comes back she's got them to give me a bag of ice and she hands me under the table a bag of ice and i start icing my broken leg which wasn't broken but um i thought that was a real show of her character and what that happened she kind of put she let me have it later but she knew to like take care of me first uh, and then later tell me how inappropriate uh, the whole thing was what the fuck is wrong with you talking yeah why would you be out of the car while it's still and, moving and was there I mean, legal repercussions there was um shortly after, i knew there would be trouble i mean when the guys yelling i'll sue you in the middle of it you know there's going to be trouble and um, I got a call from an LAPD officer and I told her the whole story. And she said, Well, you know, what What you did is a misdemeanor and what he did is a felony. You, if you throw something at a moving car in California, that's a felony. And I said, Oh, that's great. Tell him I will press charges against him for the felony uh, unless he drops the misdemeanor charges. She goes, That's great. We're thinking that'll be a great plan. <laughs> she calls back in like three days. I talked to him. He doesn't care. He said, Go ahead and press the, the felony charges, um, my assumption is that he needs to get a, um, a, a criminal case for the civil case to really work out. Right. Uh, he's probably dealing with a lawyer who's like, you got to first get this criminal thing going. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God. She goes, all I can do is give the DA this report I've taken and he'll ultimately decide whether or not to, or she will decide whether to prosecute or not. I'm like, oh my God, okay. So about a month and a half goes by where I'm certain I'm going to lose my house over this dingbat throwing a fucking Coke at my windshield. Um, But I get called a month and a half later and she goes, I have great news. They're not, the DA's not going to prosecute. And then everything just unraveled. He never did sue me civilly. (laughs) Thank God. Yeah. All right,
0: so now- at that point, you're sober. And I like what. So you, you've been on this, this network gig for a while. It's good. Uh uh-huh, Yeah. Doing a lot of movies here and there. Uh huh. You're respected. You're a good, uh, your go to guy mm, for I'm, some people. It's Becoming that, yeah. I'm becoming predictable. Uh, well, I, I, they, that sounds bad. Well,
1: you know, it's an interesting business, especially comedy. Uh, that the, so much of it is cachet and perception. And I've done good things, and I've done bad things. And depending on how loud the, the bad thing was, that'll slow you down for a little while, and then you'll do a good thing. But well, you're definitely
0: it. in the game. And I'm in the game,
1: and you know what? I've I've definitely um, I've have uh, I've gotten through some harder stretches, and now I feel like those are kind of over I, th- I think now finally the voice in my head that says you're going to be penniless and you'll never work right. again is is a whisper now well, i think i'll nice. probably work in this business you'll do all right yeah. yeah
0: and you're working now mm-hmm. and the show's popular
1: the show's popular um i'm currently writing and i'm going to direct chips at really? Warner brothers yeah oh great yeah so and you're going to be in it i'm going to be john baker yeah
0: oh cool
1: yeah <laughs> that's
0: and great that's an amazing thing how long have you been sober uh, it'll be ten years in September. And what was that bottom like? When did that happen? Was that after the three day? Might you threw no, a rib? No, I have so many
1: stories that end with, and then I continue to get <laughs> fucked up for another year. But no, that wasn't the the. I mean, that was a bottom. I think people traditionally think of it as in terms of a bottom. No, I had it's like okay. eleven. Yeah, yeah. And I tried to get sober a dozen times, and I could put together two months here, three months here. I, I would always get sober for movies. Yeah. I cared more about that. Right, and. Uh, And in between movies is when it got really dangerous. And then basically what happened, as Favreau was in here, right? So I did this movie Zathura that he directed right right after Elf. And I knew I had to get sober to do that movie. And so I I thought, oh, I'm going to go to Hawaii and have this one last week vacation. Where And and I I chose Hawaii specifically because I thought, well, there's no cocaine in Hawaii. Yeah. So it'll be safe for now, me to go. You, what, what are you talking about? It just about? seems so far from oh, everywhere. Okay.
0: okay, sure. They can't get it there. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was that, my assumption. That's your drug logic.
1: I was honestly debating between going. more
0: coke in Hawaii than you could ever imagine.
1: No, it was hard to find, but I found it. Okay. What I did is I didn't underestimate the amount of coke there. I underestimated my willingness to search it out and find it. Uh huh. But um, so I went there with a friend, and a couple of things happened, but I got in a car accident with this local dude. What island? On Kauai.
0: On Kauai. And I'm there. Island, I'm there with this my... one street in
1: Kauai. Everyone's a newlywed except for my buddy and I from Detroit who yeah. are there to get fucked up. Right. And, you know.
0: Where were you staying at the... Some
1: place I got on orbits was like airfare and the hotel and everything. You did that? <laughs> Absolutely, I did you didn't that. just
0: go to the one up on the north? No, no, no. That beautiful place? I would now, but this was- Was it Prince, This whatever? was 10 years ago. Right. I'd only,
1: I'd done three movies. I was still oh, living so. in a one bedroom apartment, stockpiling every penny because I thought I would never work Right, it. okay. So I was still looking Budget. for bargains. Yeah. I think the whole trip was a grand. See, so, Were you at like the Hyatt? <laughs> yes, what? I was like at a Hyatt
0: or something. It, right like...
1: by the airport. Just, you leave the airport, five minutes later, you're at the place, there's chickens running around uh-huh. all over that the there's roosters, everywhere. roosters yeah. everywhere
0: like on poi poo beach or whatever
1: yes oh my god yeah. That's such a visceral memory so we're at a bar we're drinking with locals i've already done punked i'm kind of popular among that crew yeah. um the first two days at the bar it's really cool i'm there the third day i start realizing it's worn off they're gonna kill us yeah it's not fun yeah that these howlies are drinking yeah. at this local bar but uh, i met a guy who said yeah i know where to get coke okay great Let's go. I go with him and his girlfriend. We're driving. It's raining. This guy's driving way too fast. He's got his shirt off. He has yeah. a beer between his legs. I'm in the process of telling him you got to slow down and turn on the radio when we go through a left-hand turn. He loses control. We spin. We hit a guardrail. Cars are fucking flying off the road to avoid us. We somehow end up going straight. We drive out of it. He thinks it's great that he he's like, I fucking drove out of that, bro. I'm yeah. like, fucking slow down. I got the radio down now all the way. We come into the next town. Cop passes us, sees the smashed up back in, flips a U-turn. We pull into a gas station. We're getting pulled over. I'm looking at myself in the rear view mirror. I'm in a cutoff T-shirt and a cowboy hat. I don't know anyone in the car. The cops are coming up. And I'm like, I've been in Hawaii three days. This is where we're at.
0: Where's Ashton Kutcher when you need him?
1: Exactly. (laughs) I need him to come up and tell the cops they've been punked. Yeah. So they let this guy go. They make the girl drive who's just as drunk as all of us. We continue on to the drug house. It's not Coke. It's crystal meth. I buy it anyways. Sure. Why not stay up for a few days? Absolutely. So we go and me and my buddy smoke crystal meth for three days. I get to a point where I, I get that that feeling where you're like, I got to get this out of my body. It's toxic. I've been up for three days. I need to go for a jog. I jog on the beach in front of the Hyatt with the roosters going, and it is 100 degrees, and I jog probably three miles. The fact that I didn't die. I came back to the room. I sweat for like four hours. Still not the low point. Go out. The night before we fly back, I get so drunk, so on everything, and I had a layover, again, because this is a bargain flight. I have a layover between Kauai and L.A. in San Francisco, and I'm at a bar in San Francisco because I'm so physically sick, I cannot make the flight from San Francisco yeah. to LA unless I get at least four Jack and Diets in me. So I'm yeah. sitting at this bar in the corner of the bar because I'm so afraid someone from AA is going to see me because up to that point I had three months. Yeah, I'm sitting at
0: this um, in San stool Francisco.
1: in San Francisco convinced that everyone walking by is an AA and knows
0: me. I am staring. That's the best speed uh, by, you know, like usually the paranoia that comes with staying up and fucking your brain up is not the good kind. Like You, no, you you're literally right. like, you, you think you're going to get caught by AA5. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly. So you were aware. Oh my God. So I, the, the actual moment moment was, here I was, um, I was about to start this Favreau movie. I had just finished Idiocracy with one of my heroes, Mike Judge. Yeah. I was in a movie that was, that came out a month before that was a hit. And I was sitting in the corner of this bar, literally hiding, and I had accomplished all these goals I had and dreamed about for 10 years and worked to get, and I was afraid to just be in public at this fucking airport. And I was looking in the oh, you're mirror you're at the there. airport, right. I was looking in the mirror, and I was like, this is not it. This is not, you're doing this wrong. This is really... You're afraid to be you, and you've gotten everything you wanted. It was just very, very wow. profound. So, I got sober for the movie, uh, which was which it was easy. I, I did that before. What, what was hard is when the movie wrapped in three months. I said I can't do it again. If I if I have another stretch like the Hawaii trip, I'm I'm not going to make it to the next movie. And um, I was able to get over that hump, that three month hump that uh, was so elusive to me. And then it's been pretty easy since then. Well,
0: that's great, man. Yeah, that's a good story. Yeah, solid. Yeah. And now it's been ten years. It's
1: been ten years, and you know how long have you been sober?
0: Uh, let me fifteen.
1: Yeah, so I bet I would assume you had the same trajectory of me, which is the first five years are just like just being sober, like that. Yeah. That's
0: the only goal. I'm I'm learning new things now, dude. Yeah, like you know, at, at five, you know, they say you get your mind back or whatever. I guess I did, but then it took me another five to fuck up a marriage or two, and to destroy other things. Yeah, and then like even this last stretch, this last five has been hard. But like I'm. It's t- it's taken me a long time to to get humble, and yeah. and, and to really sort and also to say to myself like, all right, well maybe these like I held on to a lot of character defects because I felt they defined me. Me too, and I still do. Yeah, and it, and and they become you know they become very specific. You know, I know exactly what they are yeah. and how they're fucking me. Yeah, and the obstacle becomes very clear. And a lot of people get it sooner, yeah. but I'm stubborn. Yeah. And you know, there's the the anger issue, which okay. is just not. It's not cool, uh-huh. and you know, and I've got other problems too. I got the, you know, I, I got the codependent thing too. So I'm like, I'm, I'm just trying to, because like, I know I'm probably not going to have kids. I don't know if I can hold the relationship together. I fucked a lot of them up, but it's uh-huh. a two way street. I get it, but at some point, you got to be able to live with yourself around those last few defects. Yeah. like how do I let that go?
1: Well, what's for me? What's um, tricky about that is, uh, for all the people who are not uh, any awareness of this program. Um, you know, you 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 do figure out your list of character defects, and then you start asking for them to be removed. But yeah. here's the tricky part: it seems. Very simple. You just say, "I don't." I uh, please take these away from me. I don't need them anymore. But in reality, you might not be being sincere about that, and right. that's the truth. I, there are three still that I have that I ask to be removed that I know I'm I'm bullshitting. I, yeah. I, I still want them because I got yeah. nothing left. I kind of like. I feel like the, uh, that'll it's be the wh- last spice of life that well, I. I forego. Well, that's you know? the
0: weird thing about the program is it's one of mm-hmm. the weird kind of like um, suggestions or 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 y- y- you know they. It's when you're ready.
1: Yeah, yeah, and
0: it's it's one of the only areas in the in the program where you, you know you can't drink, yeah. and you should do these other things. Yeah, but ultimately the the goal is not to drink, but how do you want to live a quality of life that you know you have acceptance and happiness, and you do have a choice. It's like you know when you're yeah, ready. you're
1: allowed to do it wrong. That's sure.
0: the beauty of it. And I when, would it,
1: I would never have gotten with it. If and, you... the,
0: and there's no sort of like you have to get rid of these character defects. It's really like. Do you know if you, you want, want to be happier or not happier <laughs> right yeah so how did And the... you can know things
1: intellectually like i understood all of the these things sure. right out of the gates i knew i intellectually i get it but you have to actually emotionally feel you have to actually have some good um some, some not consequences. You have to have some some positive things happen from making the right choice a few times yeah. before you start believing what everyone's telling you.
0: Now, for me, now, but I know that like being in this in the situation you're in, I, I know you're outspoken about. Being stalked by people with cameras,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> and and dealing with anger has got to be because you sound like you got a pretty good trigger.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, I do. But you know, the one thing that keeps me from—I have gotten into it with the photographers on a couple of occasions. Um, I, I've gotten real lucky a couple times, but by and large, I'm I'm pretty good. And here's why: I just I hate them so much. I refuse to give them what they want. I, I know the ultimate loss will be that I lose my shit and punch one of these guys and then they get paid and yeah. it's a story Right? or like when, when I'm walking out of the airport and they have the video camera and they're like they're bringing up something embarrassing I know that if I acknowledge it in the slightest it will get on TMZ but yeah. if I just pretend I don't hear it there's nothing to show so right. it's my ultimate victory I'm aiming for that keeps me from the the, like the, the high immediate road. victory the of, high road. but it does get tricky with a kid like all, all that stuff was semi-manageable for me um, but then, when there's a baby involved, that's when it got, um, that's when I started getting kind of vocal about it all.
0: And what, what, what are you feeling? Well, my
1: wife and I started this thing called No Kids Policy, and we've urged all the consumers to stop buying magazines or consuming media that has little kids that are stalked that are the children of celebrities, that aren't actors that haven't chosen this And how's that? uh, Shockingly well. I didn't think we'd get one uh, ounce of movement, and the list of people that have agreed to is staggering, like Us Weekly, People Magazine, Entertainment Tonight, Access Hollywood, Perez Hilton, uh, Just Jared, a ton, primarily through my wife, um, her her really. It all started with, um, we had done a really good job at keeping the baby. Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell is my wife by some miracle and we have a one year old baby and um, we had done a great job for nine months they live at the end of our driveway the paparazzi Yeah. for nine months we were able to keep her covered and there was no photos of her Right. and then one day we were at a friend's house in the deep valley we had no idea we had been followed we came out I was holding her and there were pictures all over the internet and I got I, I got really bummed out about it and I didn't really know what to do and I'm also aware of how What a low-level problem it is in the world. So I'm a little hesitant to speak out about it because I know people go, fuck you, you're rich, and who gives a shit? And I certainly heard that reaction on Twitter. But besides that, I decided I'm going to tweet about it. So I tweeted about it like, hey, maybe boycott these magazines. Then Kristen tweeted about it. She has a bazillion followers. That kind of got some... Um, Attention. So then the Huffington Post said, would you, to me, would you like to write an op-ed article about this? So I did. Then the op-ed article got a lot of traction. Then uh, um, the Today Show called and said, would you guys like to talk about it? So we did. Cut to then she sits down with all these different media outlets and we do a bunch of interviews all over town. and then all these people adopt this policy. There's still uh, some outstanding people, but we've gotten
0: a ton of movement. The ones that are are a little better than the ones that have absolutely no moral compass. (laughs) Exactly. And
1: that's what, you know, I get I get all the arguments against it, but the bottom line is like, sure, I signed up for this. Although I don't know that I signed up for this, I, I can I can concede I to the fact that I have a lot of great quality of life things. So if that's what I got to deal with, great. But it's you, you do we don't live in a society where we punish people's children for their parents, right?
0: But even then, it's like I don't know how you guys deal with it. I mean, I. <clears throat> You know, I don't. I don't have any real celebrity. There's no one at the end of my my driveway.
1: I'd love to start if you're open
0: to it. Yeah, you want camping to be, out? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, yeah, yeah. That'd, that'd be fine. If just Dak Shepard was camping out in <laughs> yeah, yeah. my driveway with a camera, yeah. I'd probably pose for you. Got <laughs> okay, no- <laughs> good. good, good. <laughs> but uh, let me know but, when you're gonna go jogging. But just to have to surely. accept that that like uh, every day.
1: Well, uh, here's the ultimate fucking test. So, so okay, a part of our program is like acceptance is the answer to all my yeah. problems and this is the number one thing I have almost impossible time accepting that I have to accept that they're going to follow my baby around or that they're going to push other little kids out of the playground to Photographer, I just can't accept that. Yeah.
0: Know? Well, that, I don't difference. think you should. I think it's right. It's, you know, we, you know, righteous indignation, if it is truly righteous, is something that you're entitled to. To hang on to. Well, well I mean, it, it, whether it's going to, you know, cause, yield any
1: results. Yeah.
0: Well, not even yield any results. I mean, the idea is that we can't afford it because, you know, that type of resentment is Ooh. going to fuel the discomfort that could lead to drinking. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, I mean, we can't neuter ourselves completely. If no. you have a just cause that you believe in, it has to be okay.
1: I'd, I'd, I'd it, w- it would lead to more discomfort if I did absolutely nothing
0: right it, it seems that in terms of your anger mm-hmm. that the 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 period of time that you had with your father at the end did that get you closure around anything
1: yeah first and foremost I've listened to you so I know more about you than you know about me yeah. and I, I know that we have a lot of similarities but I don't really have an anger issue I, I was a kid who fought but more for the um like yeah I'll do this yeah uh, I wasn't picking a lot of fights right? and I wasn't um you got a hair trigger though right I will fight yeah but I'm not I'm not like crazy anger. Right. angers it is on my I have that issue but it's not, it's at a four right. it's not sure. at a ten it's right. not something I really wrestle right. too much with right, I have right. fought with some a smile on my face sure. a few different times yeah um so you know I'm it's not it's not uh, eating me up but the, the stuff with my dad was I don't know. Your dad was a doctor, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah. I guess. And he is. Okay. <laughs> you know, I was very disappointed in my dad. He wasn't the one I wanted. Um, I was super judgmental of him because I have the exact list of character defects he does, and I hate them about myself. So, of course, I hate them about him, and he's the asshole who gave them to me. So I had a really- what,
0: self-centeredness, drug addiction? Self-centeredness,
1: yes. Um, his his standing in society, yeah. being a braggart, yeah. all these things, yeah. you know. Um, and just- Terrible insecurity that you know uh, I deal with by acting o- overtly confident right. in an annoying way, yeah. and um, so. Uh, and, and, but more than anything, the love of my life is my mom. Yeah, this, I, I've never respected a human being more than my mother, and this is the fucker who left her and didn't support her and partied. Right. So I don't. I couldn't ever let that go because I just love my mom too much. Yeah, but but man, in those three months, I was like this is a fucking boy dying of cancer. Yeah. And he's, yes, he's my dad, but he's also, he's so much more than my dad. He's a human being that I would, and also I'm in AA. I listen to people's stories that are way worse than my father's and I totally accept them and love them and I'm happy for them that they are trying to put that all behind them and make amends, but I couldn't grant my dad that even though I could do it to anyone else in AA.
0: And he had sober, I go to a a, meeting. He had sober before you. Because sober before
1: me, yes, of course, I was judgmental of how he did the yeah. program. I yeah. don't think he ever read the big book or whatever. <laughs> uh, as I continued to judge him always, oh, I thought he was lazy, and yeah. this and that. And, um, but I, I did get to a point where um, I, he was just a guy that was scared, and I could see what a little boy he was yeah. trying to process the f- knowledge that he was going to die. And we did have a moment where we were sitting, and I didn't have any expectations of there being like uh, an Alexander Payne-esque. Uh, but you showed up. I showed up. Yeah. I was fucking there. And and I was busy. I was shooting the show but I was flying back every weekend or you know, I was I was going back a lot and I was on the phone with doctors all the time and I was um, just handling everything. And um, I for some reason had this this desire on one of these trips to Michigan to go photograph every house I ever lived in because we had lived in about 65 houses and I thought I better I want to document this maybe to show my daughter, you yeah. know. And at this point my wife was um 7 months pregnant. Yeah. And so on this we're driving to all these places and uh one of the we, we, we pull over at this the place we moved out of his house into this welfare apartment building and we're looking at it and i take a picture of it and he goes you know i came and dropped a couch off to you guys and then i i left and i pulled over on the side of the road and i cried for like six hours i physically couldn't drive the car home i knew i was driving away from my life and and i just was and i couldn't turn around and go back and i was like Wow, I didn't realize, I didn't even think he had that moment. And then two more stops on the photo shooting trip. He goes, remember I took you to buy a BMX bike? And and I said, you can pick out the the most expensive one here. And you wanted this other one that was cheap. And I told you not, and it was the wrong decision. He's like, that's always confused me. And I said, I wasn't going to let you buy me the fucking most expensive one because I didn't want you to think you were off the hook. (laughs) I was purposely not letting you off the hook. at eight (laughs) and he started crying and that something about that meant so much to him that I I was hurting and I was trying to hurt him and he knew it and I and I said I'm sorry I didn't you know And we had a fucking moment where I was like, oh my God, this really like, we're going to die in a, he's going to die in a, we're in a pretty healed relationship. Mind you, I was there for him always. And I supported him the last five years he was alive. And we were buddies. I just, I I always had that, that grudge against him. And, um, And, and also I have a really good friend who I look up to in AA and he said, you know, I blame my dad for everything. I blame my dad for everything. And then he died and I had no one to blame anymore. And I realized I was just as upset. And it, it wasn't helping me to blame him, and it was all my shit, and it yeah. just didn't get me anywhere to blame him. And I thought, oh fuck, I can either realize that now in this process, or I can realize it in two years. But I think he's right, and I'm going to try to get to that point during this process, well, which I did.
0: Fortunately, you were you are both sober guys.
1: Yes, and, and we and again we speak that same. And you're open to so... the
0: you could handle it. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I'm I'm not in a good place with it, and I don't know what the hell is going to happen, right? And I, I got to get there. Yeah, and I'm like I'm stuck.
1: But boy, did it prove that principle of like, you know, your body shows up and the rest could follow, which is like, I didn't want it. The irony, my older brother, who he liked way more, they had a great relationship. He, My older brother has no resentments against him. He was his dad for eight years and he thought he was great. I was the one that ended up there nonstop cuz my brother simply couldn't, he didn't have a job that would allow him to do that. And of all the people in the world that ended up doing that, it was me, which was I thought pretty fucking funny, <laughs> you know? And it, I was the one that needed to be there. But you got He you... He, he wouldn't have carried anything, my brother. You know, he's at much more peace with it. So had I not had that chance, I yeah, I would have been dealing with it for years probably. Oh
0: yeah. god. But it was good. It's a great story. Yeah. I liked it. It's weird when you have these kind of conversations where I'm talking to you about this. It's very simple stuff, you know, understanding ideas, you know, about psychology or trying to understand the ideas that enable us to understand mm-hmm. that it, that all becomes just, you know, bullshit after a certain point. Cause you know, where the, uh, what's the expression where the wheels hit the road mm-hmm. or whatever the expression is, is just showing up yeah. and, and, and being open to what's going to happen and knowing you can mm-hmm. handle it. And at a certain point, you gotta you gotta acknowledge at a certain point. Like
1: right before I met Kristen, I, I was coming out of a nine year relationship. Um, I that I it didn't work out. Yeah, um, I was uh, unhappy in a lot of ways, even though I had achieved all these goals. And at a certain point, I think people it's important to go. Oh, I don't know what's best for myself. Right. And that's really hard to understand that like the things that feel right for you, like people will be in new relationships and they'll go like, Oh, it's just not a match or it's, 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 it's not going easy. And it's like, well, that's probably the one to stick with because the ones that feel right and feel easy, I did those ones. They don't bear fruit.
0: But a lot of times that, but is it right? And is it easy? It's not even a matter of bearing fruit with me, the stuff that I, I, I lock into immediately is usually gonna honor some sort of destructive pattern that I that I was grew up with. Absolutely. So like, you know, having but meeting somebody that you you are connected with but is also willing to work within you know, the self awareness game. Yes. And and make it better is, is, is seems to me be the best you can hope for. I, I'm so fucking out at sea with this shit right now. You know, I'm like one step away from like I'm done with it. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. I, yeah. Sure. Sometimes you think there's more peace in being oblivious, right?
0: Or being alone. Oh, okay. Or just like you know, like how much can your heart take?
1: I can't do. I. 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 have done alone. I, I. I. I'm not good at it either. Here's the thing. I just don't want to be beat Again, up. Again, I know. Is I know from now experience. A. If it feels wrong, I should probably keep doing it because almost everything I don't want to do ends up
0: being the thing that. Yeah, but I just don't have the fortitude to, like, it it becomes sort of like, if the compromise is unreasonable, Uh it's hard for me to stay in it. Right. Now, if the compromise is reasonable, and I've tried making compromises with people that, you know w- just obliterate me because like no matter what my personality is here mm-hmm. you know my heart is it is what it is sure and you know it, it wants you know it wants acceptance it doesn't want to be rejected it's overly sensitive yeah you know it, it also worked very hard just to survive in the world uh-huh. so if somebody's is plowing me under i'm gonna be like ah fuck this yeah yeah, yeah i'm losing myself yeah so it's, it's very tricky with me because i got this angry kind of thinky exterior but i'm ultimately just this hypersensitive motherfucker yeah and, and very sen- and very insecure uh-huh and uh and I'm those things too yeah and 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 you know it's delicate dude uh-huh so i don't know how that gets taken care. i think of what
1: funny. you for me uh, or at least with Kristen, the one thing that eventually i was like okay i'm gonna take a leap of faith which is she was someone who was the op- whatever the opposite of this anthropological view I told you about. hers. She came from a very Christian background. We did not see eye to eye on anything. I'm an ex-addict. She never did drugs. Yeah. All these things, right? Um, and at a certain point, she would go like, hey, will you get me a glass of water? We're both on the couch. And yeah. I'm thinking, if I get up and get her a glass of water right now, I'm establishing some pattern where for the rest of my life, I get up and get her a glass. Like, if you're yeah. thirsty, get your ass off the couch and go get a fucking glass of water. Right. But that's my family and how I, where I come from. Yeah. And because everyone around me was trying to fucking take advantage of me. Yeah. in her loving family, sometimes you get me a glass of water and sometimes I get you a glass of water. <laughs> yeah. We're never going to take advantage of each other. But once I keyed in on the fact of, oh, wait, she is a good human being. She's not going to take advantage of yeah. me. Fucking go along with some of these things that feel bad and, okay. and new well. and uncomfortable. As long as I think if, if you can convince yourself that the person is ultimately a good person, Then you can go along with some shit that seems crazy and doesn't feel right and just think it's going to come out on the right side. And for me, it has. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm writing a book. You should pick it up soon. Let me know if you want to It's called (laughs) Love Your Opposite.
0: (laughs) Let me know if you want me to write the foreword. I would like nothing more. Thanks, man. How fun was that? That guy's a great guy. Good stories. Glad he stopped by. I did run. I did exercise. I did go out and take a nice three and a half mile run in the 95 degree heat, and I think I almost fucking died. All right? But sometimes that's the price you pay for exercise. Sometimes people go down. Good people go down. Ooh. Brr. Boomer uh, Boomer lives!